When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Fem Regard Podcast. Mmm, Fem. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hey guys, uh, we're back with another In Theaters Now episode. Uh, we haven't done one since almost a year ago. It feels like, I think it came out around this time last no, year. It was like August or September, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, September. Oh. Okay, okay, well, it's still... Like it's been a fucking year. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, so, we brought back Katie uh, for multiple reasons. A, Katie was awesome when we had her on the it episode B she did a really good job on uh, some episodes that will be coming out later this week. And uh, you know, she actually saw this movie at its, its big South by premiere and has been just praising it ever since. Um, so just like we did with the it episode, we're going to do a little bit of spoiler free talk up front. And then uh, we're going to get into the nitty gritty about it. Um, there is, this is a lot more difficult to talk about spoiler free than it was because so many major things happen right in the beginning of the movie. So um, that's also why we're waiting to put this out a little bit more. I think we dropped the it episode like the day after it came out in theaters, but this one uh, we're holding off until, you know, a couple days, give you guys a weekend to see it. So let's talk about it. I think we all liked it. Um, 
I know some of us loved it and some of us still have a couple issues. Uh, I know I have very minor issues. Overall, I think it's great. I think people need to see it. I think that it is super well made. It doesn't feel long. It doesn't feel awkward to to have a film with almost no dialogue in it. It everything feels perfect. The symbolism is great. I mean, it it's it's literally it it like for me, I'm not sure if anyone else interpreted it this way, but it's about a broken family that can't communicate with each other in a world where they can't communicate with each other. Like it's it's a very it's a very well done uh, drama as well as a horror film. Uh, so, I mean, the floor is open for everybody else real quick. I just, I mean, I'm not going to take over for too long. I just want to say that like of the four of us, I think I'm the one who loves this the least. I mean, I was impressed and I liked it. Um, the experience of seeing it in a theater was worthwhile. Very few films are worth seeing in the theater for me. Like it's, it's a hassle, but I made, I was like, I don't want this to be spoiled for me. First of all, and second of all, like I, you know, I wanted to see it with really powerful sound design, basically. Like I wanted to have like the real theater experience. I think that this movie on a technical um, level is, I don't want to say a masterpiece, but I think that it is very, very well done. But emotionally, it did not hit for me as much as, I mean, Katie and I were messaging and she was like, it's scary as hell or something like that. I don't know exact the exact words that she said, but um, it was very tense. I was not scared by it though. And I will, well, okay. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you why at length when we get into the spoiler stuff. Okay. But I, the main focus of this conversation for me is I based, and I told Matt this earlier, um, I want you guys to kind of like win me over on the emotional side because from a technical standpoint, I've been thinking about this movie for like three days now and or let's say two and a half days. And um, the more I think about it, the more I respect it. But I don't know if I'd want to watch it again. The way that I've been describing it to people when they ask me if it's good because it is like really difficult to talk about with people without ruining anything is I've told them that the entire movie for 90 straight minutes is the kitchen scene in Jurassic Park where the kids are trying to hide from the raptors. Yeah. Like it's that same level of like you are just every moment. I wasn't ever scared, but I was very much on the edge of my seat like, oh, God, please don't make a noise. Like, Like it was like this. I was like very much invested in like. I don't want anything to happen to these characters. Yeah. Like I cared enough about the characters that I was like, please don't make a noise. Please don't fuck this up. Like, <laughs> and yeah. like I haven't had that in a, in another movie experience in a really long time. So that really kept me invested throughout. Yeah. And I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a scary movie. And as for me, I don't know what it is. It really needs to be like a, a, like a terrifying haunting movie or like a, just a really, realistic slasher movie for me to like genuinely be scared. Uh, I'm not, I'm never really scared of monsters, but it's so hard for me to say without going into, to much spoiler. So I'm just going to say, you know, this movie is like a huge proof of, of, of a theory that I already have that like, I genuinely think maybe about like three or four years ago, like we started going into like a renaissance of horror where like the movies are just done so well they're just so uh anxiety ridden and tense and like nothing is sacred anymore like everything that I, that was sacred back in the day is is no longer sacred and, and it's like you know anyone's open game 
And as much as people hated the movie, and it, it wasn't a good movie, for me, it really started with, with uh, the movie Creep in 2014. Like, as a, as a whole, that movie sucked. But there's, like, two scenes in that movie where he's talking about his wife getting raped um, and, and the end where it's just, like, so unsettling and so uncomfortable. And that's how I felt the whole movie. Um, and I also have a boner for Jim Halpert because I fucking love The Office. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell when a person is, like, a, an Office fanatic when they don't refer to him as his, like, John real name. yeah. Yeah, they, like, they have to call him the TV show name. Yeah, well... What do you want me to say? Oh yeah, and the guy from uh, License to Wed is is fucking phenomenal in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't call him by his name when we were waiting in line. I was waiting in line next to these people. They're like, "Oh yeah, I heard that Jim from The Office is here." the five-year engagement i was like oh my god were they like oh and that chick from the devil that bitch from the devil wears prada is in it too (laughs) (laughs) well like someone uh it was uh our buddy sean who works at monster mania and always comes by the booth and is really cool posted a thing on instagram the other day where he said i really really liked uh, a quiet place, but I kept waiting for John Krasinski to just give me an awkward face staring directly down the camera throughout the entire oh, movie. <laughs> so, so one thing I got to say about him is like, I don't really, I didn't, I've watched a couple uh, like segments of the office, uh, just basically like, uh, like the Dwight pranks and stuff, the Dwight pranks, like the, the parkour I've, I've watched that. Yeah. Um, and, and I've seen some, some, um, other little skits like the 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 marathon skit or something like that yeah it's i mean the show is basically a sketch comedy show that somehow created a full narrative that you cared about yeah yeah yeah. well i mean i I, (laughs) so i i I guess like i'm just not like really invested in him in in john krasinski as an actor because i don't really know him in anything but um that so there is an additional member of his the family in this movie and the cast that did not actually get onto the credit roll and it's John Krasinski's fucking neck like his neck <laughs> is massive for uh, like, I, I never thought that he was muscular but I'm watching A Quiet Place and I'm like fuck his neck is gonna say something isn't it <laughs> in the other like war movies he's in he's like jacked yeah that, that doesn't do it for you, Katie, right? Like he, no. he's not on your list. No. He's not attractive. I found that out from my girlfriend. I was so <laughs> heartbroken to find out that John Krasinski and Jason Siegel aren't like as gorgeous as I think they are. <laughs> okay, I could be John Krasinski, but not Jason Siegel. We just rewatched Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and I've seen Jason Siegel naked almost as many times as I've seen myself naked. Like, <laughs> and, and his body is not like peak physical. No, he literally looks all it. They would have made so much more money with the fucking Ghostbusters remake if the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was just naked Jason Segel <laughs> stomping around New York. <laughs> I feel like that is such a, a, a well developed concept in your brain that you've been thinking about that for a while. <laughs> that to me? It's just a big, awkwardly shaped, pasty marshmallow of a body. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that's the hardest thing for me to like get over in forgetting Sarah Marshall is to see Jason Siegel as like a sexual being. There's no way that Kristen Bell and Mila Kunis, who are both phenomenally attractive women, would be like, Did, "He's so funny. I think I'll sleep with him." So one of my um one of my friends from college works for the New York Post now. And one of her first ever jobs was she had to interview Jason Siegel for the DVD release of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. 
And one of her questions was, how does it feel to know that someone can look at you naked at any point that they want in their house? And his answer was, I'm just disappointed that they're not going to get the full scale of the girth on their television <laughs> screen. <laughs> I think that Jason Siegel is hilarious. Like, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I love him. And I love, I love, love, love his character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. But like, I, I, okay, so if if we're talking like, you know how Matt is always like, oh, I'm the the um, oh fuck, the guy from Loser. What's his name in real life? Jason Biggs. Oh, Jason Biggs. Yeah, if I'm like Matt's, like I'm the Jason Biggs. You're like I'm the Jason Siegel with my Dracula musical. <laughs> but like I'm so surprised, <laughs> not, like I'm the Russell Brand. You know, like I'll just you know with the the weird accent and the years of sobriety and the really dry fucking humor. So what does that make Katie? Is she is she is she Mila Kunis or no, is she Paul Rudd? No. Yeah, I was about to say she better be fucking Paul Rudd. <laughs> I guess I'm a personality guy. Right. I don't know. Maybe personality does a lot for looks because I think he's gorgeous. <laughs> well, all right. Well, this is so much more so we needed to know about. Really, we've really gotten off of a quiet place in a huge way. Um, so, is there anything else that we want to talk about? spoiler free yeah. before we dive into spoilers i know brian wants to talk about the trailers which i think we can do before we get before into the we get spoilers, to the trailers but... i, I want to talk about just the overall sound design because kate so <laughs> a little bit of backstory for everyone listening um i ha- i get sick every single time i get my teeth drilled and i had a root canal this week and so i have had the worst coughing fits like i just have like you know postings will drip and stuff um and and so i'm like it's it's Thursday. I'm like I'm not feeling better, uh, and and I am terrified of going into this movie. I actually bought like a, this quiet movie, you know, and I was like I bought legit cough suppressant syrup, which I never do. And I text, I message Katie, and I'm like, I actually bought cough syrup. I really hope that I can make it through this hour and a half, you know, without being an a- asshole to everybody in the theater. And she's like, Well, there's actually music as well as the the, the I mean, in some parts, and it breaks up the 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 serious quiet like almost silent sections of the film unlike it comes at night and i was like oh thank god when so first of all like everybody knows i'm a soundtrack guy i'm a sound design guy like those kind of things really i don't need a second watch to catch them which is great because like that wasn't me in the past a lot of stuff that we discuss on the podcast like i noticed sound design later because i didn't listen to uh, you know like when you watch a movie as you know a 16 year old you don't really Think about the sound design. <laughs> I was going to say, when you watch a movie at 1.5 speed, it's real hard to Listen, catch the sound design. I don't do that as much as I used to, all right? It's no evil, uh, or no, what was that? Uh, uh, terror tunes. The sound design of terror tunes is not, like, worth watching. Anyway, um, I loved the sound design in A Quiet Place. Like, if nothing else, from a technical standpoint, it is one of the most captivating sound designs I've experienced in my adult life. Like, it... The the ability to see that in a theater was great because like when it's quiet and they're signing like, okay, so the daughter is deaf. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think that's a plot point that we need to like, it's not spoilery to tell because it's like you find that out in the first three seconds. So she's deaf. And I love the fact that when it's from her perspective, there's no sound. But when it's from like the mom's perspective, there's like when she's signing, she's also speaking or she's like kind of mouthing the words and you can hear it. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. No, I thought it was done very well. Although I, 
it was very quiet that I had an extremely fat person next to me that I just heard breathing the first four minutes. <laughs> was that you as a child or yeah. like? Yeah, what are you doing here, old me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you about the, the kid that sat down next to me. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, I had a seat between me and everybody else because I was really nervous that the movie would sell out all of the back row seats. So instead of using my movie pass, I bought the ticket in advance. But then as I pulled up to the theater, I was like, let me check in on movie pass. And if the seat next to me is still open, like it's not going to cost me anything to just take that seat too and have like a guaranteed, like just a buffer seat to throw like my jacket and yeah. shit. So that seat was open and I took <laughs> it. So I'm sitting, <laughs> so I'm sitting there and then I couldn't tell if it was a, I think it was his sister. She seemed way too young to have like a 10 year old kid um, came into the movie and, and just as they sit down, they're like playing one of those like newbie things about uh, the Infinity War. And he, full of sincerity, goes, yeah, like Marvel's cool and everything, but it doesn't hold a candle to the DC universe. <laughs> and I like wanted to just turn around. Like I had to fight the urge. It's like, you don't know this kid. But I just wanted to be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and he's you like, had such nerve goes, rage. Just like, no. No. <laughs> Well, because he kept going. He's like, I mean, they ruined all their goodwill with how terrible Ant-Man and the Guardians what? of the Galaxy was. What? And I'm just like sitting there and I'm like clenching my chair. I'm like, I'm going to punch this kid. Like, Don't you like, talk about my Paul Rudd like that. Yeah. He's on our I, I show. I was just waiting. <laughs> I was like, all I need is that kid to say one goddamn word when this movie starts. And I'm just going to be like, shut the fuck up, kid. Like, it's like, like all embedded in me. But I was lucky. I, I think that the most nerve-wracking thing about seeing this movie in theater is getting into a shitty theater because this movie kind of could really be ruined. If you've got like an obnoxious ass group of like teenagers yeah. that, that want to make the movie about them. Uh, thankfully my theater was like dead silent the entire movie uh, and like reacted. We'll talk about certain things in more depth, but there's, there's moments. Um, someone described it really well as a movie filled with a checkoffs gun, like throughout the whole movie. Like it just sets up these things where you're like, this is going to go badly. So like well, every okay. single time one of them. One happen- thing, Chekhov's gun is more like this is the this is like a plot point. And I get what you're saying about like, okay, this is going to go badly. I that was one I would thing say it's more like the, uh, about this watch, actually. Yeah. Was like I think it's more like Alfred Hitchcock's thing about like showing a bomb. Like you show the bomb under the table and then that's it. And you let people like sit with the knowledge yeah, okay. that yeah, like that, that bomb's gonna blow. Um but like when those pieces were were revealed, every single time one of them was revealed, you could hear the audience go like, <gasps> like, oh, <laughs> like they just were like, oh, oh God. I'll tell you about my experience the first time I saw it, and it was the guy next to me grabbed my leg because he was scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure that's what he told you. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you're a pretty good looking girl. That is not your place to be telling her that she's good looking, all right? Jesus, she doesn't need any more ego boosts today. <laughs> yeah, so the theater I saw it in, it was um it's really more of like a like a con like stand-up stage where they just put a movie screen on it pretty much. So all the seating is curved. And I sat in the third row and you can see other people from the other rows, like perfectly from like your sideline vision. And you could see everyone jump and it was more scary because you're seeing every, like everyone else jump at the same time. And it freaks you the fuck out. Cause you're just trying to focus on the screen. But then when everyone else is jumping at the same time, you're like, Oh shit. Like, should I be more scared? 
Also, that was the okay, so, director guy who was sitting next to me. Oh, oh, that was okay. That's the guy that grabbed your thigh. All right. Um, so, so here's a question for you, Katie. Since you saw basically like you saw it with a bunch of people that probably had less knowledge than the people that we saw it with of like what the concept of the film is. Maybe I don't know. In any case, were, were people like this was this was such a cool social experience for me. Like I don't don't love seeing movies in theater, but. I loved the interaction with the – my audience was fantastic because it was a quarter of the way full. It was not very – I was like – it was a 7.20 p.m. Thursday night screening. Very few people there. I, it was not even a half-full theater. It was all people that were around my age or older. And um, when when it was quiet, you could hear a fucking pin drop. And then when the music would play, people would be like very quietly like cough into their sleeve to get the cough out that they were holding in. Like I would do that too, but I was like, yeah, it was everybody. It was amazing. It was one fucking guy who was like, when the, when the creature, um, when, when the creature, when you get a, a look at it for the first time, he like tried to say something to like make somebody next to him or the people around him laugh. And people were just, the person next to him was like, be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I think the best decision we made was seeing it Thursday. I feel like if we saw it Friday night, it would just be fucking awful. Oh yeah, all we be all we be talking about is horror stories about seeing it. Like when Brian and I saw it in that <laughs> dank oh, ass theater, when the mother that... abandoned her child. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, so when the speaker was blown out so we didn't hear any of the musical score or soundtrack the entire movie there was just the scenes of people cleaning a kitchen with or cleaning a bathroom with no soundtrack so it's just the sound of glass squeaking yeah, as they wiped it because i didn't even catch on i thought it was like a stranger's thing going on i was like oh no soundtrack nice <laughs> Really getting tension side. <laughs> so, are we ready to talk about some of the movie trailers that we saw real quick? Because who knows? Maybe a few of these will be a uh, future in theaters now. Yeah. So, can, can I start with? I own. I got there intentionally at the very end of the trailers because I was like, you know, I don't want to see the trailers. Like, I, I, I'm getting to the point where I want to avoid trailers now. So, you got. Uh, let me start by ripping a new asshole for. Trick, tr- uh, truth or dare. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank That's you. the only one I had to sit through. Oh, I'm so excited for Truth or Dare. Oh, it's going so to be a future episode in like a decade. Like that is yeah, – that yeah, has okay, future so, horror movie night written yeah, all over it. Yeah, yeah. But like we have to have that nostalgia view of like the time period to actually get a good episode out of it. As it stands right now, like maybe if I was 14, I'd be all about it. But – the 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 fucking CGI they're putting on all their stupid faces in the preview. I'm like, you remember you remember that movie that like was it Smiley? There yeah. was one, yeah, Smiley, which was Stay Tuned. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. It's definitely on my list of movies that are making. <laughs> no, oh man, but so like it was like that when this the, the Smiley um preview was playing. Was was that like three or four years ago? Um, yeah, I was. I I can see myself watching that trailer and being like, "They they really made this movie? Like this is the stupidest shit, stupidest shit." Like the 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 doing it for the lulls. What studio exec is exec is so out of touch with the youth that he thought like, "Hello, fellow kids, let's make this film." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> way I feel about dare. Truth or Dare. But yeah. so so here's here's so I here's my justification for why I want to see Truth or Dare because I I am 
first of all, movie pass is a big factor. If I didn't have movie pass, there was no way in hell I was seeing Truth or Dare in the theaters. But the only reason why I am like going to see Truth or Dare is because I'm still riding a little bit of the high of like how much better Happy Death Day was than it had any right to be. So I'm like, well, maybe this one will shock me too. Like maybe this looks really dumb, but like it actually is like super fun and like tongue in cheek and and also because I like shockwaves enough that I'm like, all right, well, that's from Bloom Bloomhouse. So like I'll like yeah. give them a little bit of support. But, but like what, I think that's why I'm so upset is because <laughs> like I, I've been listening. I've been obsessing over shockwaves, like just listening to their back catalog, because you've talked about killer PVA and shockwaves to me enough times that I finally broke down and started listening like a couple months ago. And now I'm like hooked. Um, yeah. But like the, the thing is, is that I want Blumhouse to 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 be like the A24 or like the Dimension Films of of pop this generation. Like, yeah. I, like A24 isn't really like pop horror. It's like art house horror, but it's good. Like I can A24 when I see. Yeah, like, well, you know, except for it comes at night, which I don't want to watch. But, um, but like A twenty four, when that comes up on the screen, I'm like, okay, interest in, peaked. When I see Blumhouse, I want to be like, interest peaked. But, ugh, like, I'm trying yeah. so hard to give them the benefit of the doubt, but nothing in that trailer is making me want to yeah. to, to to see that movie. It's not for well, that's me. The thing. I, I think that it's going to I feel like that's going to be the make or break for me with Bloomhouse. Like I'm going to walk away from Truth or Dare and think, OK, yeah, they they make movies that look like they'd be really dumb and they actually turn out to be like really fun and well made. Or I'm going to walk out and feel like, OK, so Happy Death Day was just like a fluke. Like It just like <laughs> happened to be pretty good. Um, now, A24 has a movie coming out, which I almost guarantee will be a future uh, in theaters now, which is Heredity. Uh, there's Katie's going to have to be on that, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, you saw it, right? Okay, so I have to tell you, probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me in person happened right before I went and saw that movie. So okay. I was in the lobby. I'm like so embarrassed. I think about it like at night, and it keeps me up. <laughs> You're in good company then. So during, I haven't told anyone this because I'm so embarrassed of it. Um, <laughs> I was in the lobby and. I uh all the actor like during South by everyone's there uh doing like the premieres for it. So this was the very first premiere at South by for this movie. And it was the first time that anyone was like anyone that was actually in the movie seeing it on the screen. And so we were in the lobby and um Alex Wolf, the kid the main character in this movie, walks by and this is a very unpopular opinion. I really liked the Death Note movie. And Okay. I thought it was decent. Um, I was like, oh, you're, I like grabbed his arm. I was like, hey, I was like, I really loved you in Death Note. Like, you're really great. And he goes, oh, that was my brother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so I, so I have, I have, a st- <laughs> so I have a story that didn't happen to me, but it happened to one of the, the old Geekscape writers <laughs> was they were walking around San Diego Comic Con and they were talking about how um, Emily Deschanel was there. And he's like, oh, great. Emily's going to be here, uh, a.k.a. not Zoe Deschanel. Like, who's sitting there like, man, I want to get an autograph from not Zoe Deschanel. Like, what a waste of time. And then they hear a voice behind them go, can we go home, please? And he turns around and Emily Deschanel is right behind him. I don't want to hear any more of these stories. They're painful. <laughs> he sat right behind me the entire movie. He sat like literally right next to me. 
That was even more oh, embarrassing that I had to sit next oh, to him for man. hours. So, God. so, Brian, I have to ask, you're the one that was like, can we talk about the trailers that we saw? Was there a particular one that jumped out at you that you wanted to mention? Or No, no, I just wanted to, to compare and contrast to see what, what everyone's thoughts are. <laughs> I kind of regret it because, like, um, I really lost me. Like, <laughs> I, I thought you were on the same page as me. Like, I thought it was going to be like, I am so excited for Truth or Dare because it is just going to be a pile of dog shit. And you came out of left people with like, <laughs> I'm so excited for Truth or Dare because I hope it's kind of going to be good, which is just like <laughs> So this is ignorance. the only one we needed to talk about, right? Well, there's like some other – yeah, there's some other like uh, – <laughs> I guess we talked about Hereditary. And then uh, the one sad thing I realized that it was just kind of what made me think of it was the Mission Impossible like 10 trailer was on. And I was oh, like, God. I don't know what's more – like, I don't know what's worse. The fact that Tom Cruise in 2018 is just a complete parody of himself or the fact that I will still sit through every single Tom Cruise movie that comes out. <laughs> so the the movie, the two movies that made me like trailer wise that I saw where I was like, oh, God, I'm going to see that, aren't I? Is um, the one was called Traffic with a K. Dude, I know. <laughs> like I saw that trailer and I'm like this looks awful and I can't wait to see it like I was like very excited about it and the other one is uh, if you saw the trailer for Tag oh okay yeah movie, I saw that trailer too I respect so much about that movie I really do yeah it looks like it it looks like it like is going to be bizarrely heartfelt while still being like a really decent comedy okay um, so that's the kind of movie that you don't see in the theater though like that's one of yeah. those like Friday night get home from work Put on jammies and just yeah. veg. Like yeah, I, yeah. I would not, I would not go out in public to watch that movie. But I might, Megan and I might catch it when, uh, when when it's on like VOD or Netflix or something. And the last one I wanted to mention was: Did any of you have the trailer for Action Point? Yes. I don't know how I feel about it. So I think it's based on an actual park from around where we grew up, really? Ryan. Um, oh, there's oh. a is that the Johnny Knoxville one? Yeah, yes, yeah. I, I saw that too. Wow, I saw a lot of trailers that I totally forgot about. <laughs> that though, um, I was like, I don't know it, if I've seen that or not. Yeah, it's so there's if there's a YouTube channel that I am like kind of obsessed with called uh, Defunct Land, where it's a guy who like does these 20, 30 minute like hyper focused retroactive research history videos on like closed amusement park rides or closed amusement parks. And like, why were they closed and stuff like that? And there was a park in South Jersey, which would have been pr fairly close to where most of the jackass guys grew up called action park. That was a, a water park that got closed down because all of their slides were so dangerous that they had like 15 fatalities in one summer. Holy shit. And and I'm like, they have to be, this has to be inspired by that. It's called Action Point, for God's sake. Like, one of the things at Action Park was a water slide that did a full loop while you went down it. And, like, shockingly, people broke their necks on it. Like, go figure. Yeah. Um, so look into Action Park and then rewatch the Action Point trailer. And you're like, oh, there's no way that this isn't inspired by that very poorly thought out dangerous water park. Now I'm more excited to see it. It's so weird, yeah. the things that get me. Like, the whole reason I was excited to see Tag is just the origin of it. Because it's not yeah, even based a on a story. book. It's based on a fucking New York Times article. 
about like, this group of friends. I feel like they're like they're just like okay, you know what? People don't like all these remakes that we're doing. The studio needs something real. We need something new. But based on a true story, is really popular right now. What can we do? Well, I just read this column in the paper. I think we should make a movie about it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just, pretty much. I just can't give a shit about that concept of of the whole movie. And isn't like fucking John Hamm in that? He is. He Our is. boy John Hamm is in But there. Hannibal Burris, who I watched it with, is also <laughs> I feel like Jeremy Renner turned down Infinity Wars for that movie. Oh, wait, wait. Is he not in Infinity War? Nope. He's not in any of the posters, but who knows? What? So, <laughs> this is the most shocking thing I've ever heard. Have you not seen no, no, the internet? Are... It's everywhere. I have been, so, I've watched the two trailers for Infinity War, and I am avoiding all discussion of it. Like, well, this I, is why. This is why Marvel doesn't hold a candle to the DC. (laughs) Do you think that they are going to kill off Doctor Strange in Infinity War? Yes. No, they're not. I think they're going to kill off the They're going to kill off. No, they're going to kill off. They're going to kill off. Yeah, Tony Stark. They have to kill off Tony Stark. Yeah. Well, think Captain America is dead. Yeah, they're going to kill Cap. As Captain America. Yeah. And and I think that they're going to kill off um, um, uh, Hulk. Pretty sure they're going to kill off Hulk. So, yeah, my theory was they were going to kill off Doctor Strange because he's just not doing it for them, as all the other movies are. No way. Doctor Strange was a great film, and they already have – I thought they already had a script treatment for the the sequel. I felt like it wasn't good. What? Dude, I loved Doctor Strange. Are you talking financially or quality, Brian? Financially. Oh, I bet that that if you looked at the international for that, I bet that like that did great over in Asia because anything with special effects just does super well over there. And I didn't even like <laughs> I loved it because I saw it in IMAX, but I wouldn't like watch it on TV. And then and then I I think they're gonna kill off uh, Tony Stark too because Robert Downey Jr. is getting old and he perfected that part that no one wants to see another Iron Man. Well, no, they no one wants to see another fucking Iron Man because Iron Man three was just a terrible script but, like, but would you watch it if someone else was iron man well no what they're gonna do is they're gonna kill him off and then they're gonna give it to the the current iron man girl the little girl that's in the the the, the, the comics i i bet you do- dollars to donuts really? uh, i would i disagree i think that they i think that they kill off iron man to make room for a war machine movie well Oof. i I don't think that we need a War Machine movie, honestly. Like, I don't. I uh, I didn't think we'd need a Black Panther movie, but that was pretty damn fantastic. Well, Black Panther is also like, yeah, like War Machine is not like War Machine was always always came Iron Iron Man, like in the comics. Black Panther kind of has its its own thing going on, and also, I mean, like if we're talking about strictly like, um, you know, like who we're gonna kill off, I think that they that they're gonna kill off cap because they're gonna because chris evans has said that he probably wants to like focus on directing which okay i think that they're gonna kill off the original front runners of the avengers line so because captain marvel who may not show up in infinity war but i have a feeling that she's gonna show up in the last reel and it's gonna be like the big denouement to go into avengers 4 pretty sure that's what's gonna happen because she's going to be the tony stark of the next phase that's my opinion. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's so that's been what did we watch this week trailer <laughs> edition. Um, we, we, we are going to, at this point, if you still haven't seen 
Jesus Christ. If you still haven't seen A Quiet Place, it is highly recommended to stop listening to the episode at this time. We gave you a solid 30 minutes of entertainment. You're welcome. Uh, Come back and listen to the rest of this episode, which will be the spoiler portion of the episode starting now. Okay, dead children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You you know, like that, 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 that face that your mom, Dr. D, uh, says, you know, like if you make your that face, you shouldn't. Y- y- it might stick that way. That was like the the horrible, horrified face when the kid got murdered in the first two minutes of the movie or three minutes or whatever oh. of the movie. Because I was not expecting that at all. But that was actually yeah. the only scary <laughs> part of the movie. So, like, I-, I was shocked. Like, I don't get shocked, but I was fucking shocked. Yeah, no, and it falls into like the whole thing about like nothing being sacred, where like. Regardless, the fact that that was the only kid that died in the movie, it set it set it up so the whole Wrong movie like, died. You, didn't <laughs> you didn't know who who else was going to go out, and like maybe I'm just like an overly emotional person, but I genuinely feel like for three minutes, for a short three minutes of no one talking, there was enough character development for that small child that you realized how adorable and innocent and just naive it was, where it like crushed me. It, it, it crushed okay. me when he got killed. So I have two things real quick. And and one is a theory and then one is like part of my complaint, my, my only complaint with this movie. Um, so first one is a theory. And I don't know if anyone else thought this, but because of John Krasinski's facial hair in that scene versus the rest of the movie, and because it genuinely looks like the kids are younger in that opening scene than they are in the rest of the movie. Yeah. There's part of me that wonders if that was shot as a separate short film so that John Krasinski could prove to the studio that he could direct oh, the movie because they actually cool do theory. look like the kids aged. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like I was, I was so like that. so much about the, the daughter. I was like, she really does look older. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, I, yeah, I, you know, that's a really cool concept that I, I don't know. Because it does work almost like its own separate film. Like, it works like a separate short film. Like, if you saw that as just, like, a three-minute short, you'd be like, holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So my my complaint, there's two complaints that I walked away from the movie with. Um, One of them is that the deaf daughter is indirectly the cause of both deaths (laughs) in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was my biggest problem with the film, too, is that she, like... I feel like if you've like, lived for almost two years under this horrifying reign of terror by these angels of death, like you'd be a little bit more careful. Like also I would say that was my problem with her getting pregnant too, is I'm yeah, like, you would have to abort that baby. Yeah. Like it was like, if, if she was pregnant in the beginning when it was like 89 days into it, I would be like, okay, yeah, like that. But like, come on, like, it was you, like, you've had three kids, you know how loud this is process yeah but also like maybe it's just an accident like people aren't gonna stop fucking just because of the end of the world all right yeah people have needs and i respect john krasinski because i can't perform (laughs) when i'm stressed out at work (laughs) i have an entire army of aliens ready to eat (laughs) my the only thing i i that stinks about this movie for me is just putting myself in it i'd be the first to go and i and and me and jade had like a full-on conversation in the first morning and sorry, Scott and Katie, if you're getting to know me too well, Mac can attest to this. The first morning, I would fart, and that would raise their <laughs> attention. 
right? But then I wouldn't be able to not laugh. And it would just be me holding in laughter until I can't anymore. And then I'm just done. That's how I'm going out in this oh, movie. Oh, right. Right. Let's be honest. The entire Kelly family tree would be gone on day one. <laughs> guys, guys, I hate to break it to you, but um, my diet alone, I'm pretty sure I'd be taken out way before you. <laughs> I eat a lot of I eat a lot of legumes. All right. But that is a good question. Does no one fart anymore? Because um, when I'm trying not to be loud, that's when my farts are the loudest. Like, that's when I'm like, all right, be quiet. There's monsters. <laughs> you have, like, the anxious farts. You're like, oh, I'm <laughs> Dude, like, any, any, any monster movie that we've discussed in horror movie night, you'd be fucking dead. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. But those are, like, beyond those two complaints, I, I was – this movie flew by. Oh, like, yeah. And I've been using it as a as a comparison, but like about a week or two ago, I saw Wrinkle in Time, <laughs> and that's that's an hour and forty five minute movie that feels like it's four and a half fucking hours long. So like that's been my barometer for everything else I've seen. Like Ready Player One, I was like, oh man, that movie's almost two and a half hours long, and it felt like it was ninety minutes. Like Quiet Place, like it just zooms by, like and it just makes me more angry by how slow and boring a Wrinkle in Time. What was. makes me angry <laughs> is I understand we have we both have the movie pass, and and it makes movies free. But is your time worth anything to you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, is your time worth watching anything with Mindy Kaling in it? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Well, I I kind of was impressed because Oprah kind of looks like she's dressed like Divine the entire movie. <laughs> oh my god, another another discussion of Divine. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Oh my god, I hate flashbacks. That's the one thing I hate. That it's like a weird thing. I hate flashbacks in TV shows and movies and anything, and I fucking hate it. And I'm really happy that they don't do flashbacks in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I like that. There's no answer yeah. to anything. Okay, so here, <laughs> I do have a problem with this film, and it's a very big problem, which actually takes me out of it. And I think this is the reason that I was not for one. Well, okay. Before I get into my big problem, here's a logistical issue that I have with the movie. That's not necessarily a problem, but is just kind of a brain bug for me. Um, okay, the deaf daughter, she fi- she figures something out that no one else did in the entire US army that like that that these sound hunters you know like these 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 monsters that hunt on sound can be defeated by sound like i feel we have weapons that do this already so i watched an ana uh, like one of those like youtube analytic breakdowns of this movie uh the other day and someone pointed out that the movie the the biggest flaw in the movie is very similar to the flaw in Signs. They're like the movie actually feels a lot like Signs. Okay, like, and exact. This movie is Signs. This is like if when when I called Megan on my way home, um, she was like, "How did you like it?" And I was like, "It was good. It was like if Signs was yeah. a better movie." <laughs> that's that's all I can think of is like that these two movies are that those two movies are so similar. But this movie. It wraps itself well, up. Well, the creature design kind of looks like mini Cloverfield yeah. monsters, but like yeah, way yeah. cooler looking to me. Yeah, no, I thought I was very satisfied with the um, creature design with the monsters up close because in the beginning I was like, "Oh shit, this is like Starship Troopers," <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. when you actually saw them like up close, it's like, "Wow, this is a fucking I have good looking monster." Some pretty cool insight on that. They actually talked about that. So after the movies, they do like a Q and A, and they asked him about 
like the CGI and everything regarding it, which was, I was so terrified of that because that could literally throw the entire movie away. Um, He said that the studio that they went to, they ended up making those monsters their own personal project, not just for a paycheck. Like they were like, this is our, like we want our name on this and we want it to be the most amazing thing that it can be. And that's why they look so good. Yeah. They're fucking badass. Um, I'd have like a little statue of one on my desk if I could. Like, you know what I mean? Like it would, like it's got that cool design that you'd want to just like pop it somewhere in your house. Yeah, because like honestly, I'm talking about the new age of horror that we're like living in, and that's one of the downfalls. So it is our, our monsters really fucking suck. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, but this this definitely changes it up. Um, as far as for the Alfred the the Alfred Hitchcock style, that fucking nail from the time oh, yeah. that it rips that bag, I was so uncomfortable, and and it's so weird the shit that I can watch. And the shit that just makes me tense up. And when she stepped on it, it tensed me up. And I barely focused for a while. After. Like, it didn't make a second attack. <laughs> you had, like, a nervous when the baby oh, was, was born. Yeah, when the baby was born, I'm like, tell him. Tell him about the nail. Because someone else is going to step on it. Every time that anybody <laughs> went down the stairs, I was like, oh, no, that nail. Like, <laughs> the nail stole the show. Have y'all ever stepped on a nail before? No. no. I have. Okay. No. It's because you guys don't live in the South. Uh, (laughs) You like don't wear shoes here. Like that's a normal thing. And I've stepped on a nail in my heel before. It fucking hurts so bad. Yeah, but like, listen, she's already like so uncomfortable because she's super pregnant. And then. Well, she's in labor when it happens. Right. Yeah, like I have never felt so bad for a woman in a horror movie that we've discussed. Like we've seen some horrible shit happen to women in in the movies that we discuss on this show. But Emily Blunt really, like, honestly, I think that she's like the best actor in this movie. I mean, she gets a lot of screen time, and I love that they're married. Like, I love that John Krasinski was like, you know what? I'm gonna get paid to just put the camera on my wife it is such a love note to his wife and her acting chops and i love it but like he cried when he talked about that on stage oh wow that's awesome yeah apparently he she like read the script and was like i'm doing this movie yeah (laughs) that's yeah that's exactly what they said that he was trying to find someone and she ended up looking it over and she was like no this is me like i i will be in your movie and he was like okay so did he write (laughs) the script for this too yeah. I think he wrote a new treatment for it. I think it was an original idea from someone else. And then he got his hands on the script and was like, oh, I," because I think he was reading the script and Emily Blunt was the one who originally said, you should direct this. Like she she really pushed him to be the director, according to the IMDb facts that I was reading. Um, but I know that he's like one of the three writers, but I think it was an original idea from two guys. And then he, you know, tweaked it up while doing the directing stuff what i love about this is this is about the time that they're doing uh he was mixing this movie and they were mixing mary poppins in the same studio (laughs) (laughs) you know what like i I had this conversation i I sent megan like a picture of emily blunt as mary poppins um because spoiler to anybody that doesn't know this already but i feel like i've said it so many times on the podcast that you should know megan fucking loves musicals and we dressed up as mary poppins and bert for halloween of 2017 and so i sent her the 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 picture of emily blunt like the first picture of emily blunt as mary poppins and she was like i don't know how i feel about this i feel like i'm going to be the biggest cheerleader from emily blunt's mary poppins now because 
she could do anything. Like she can do a quiet place. Yeah. And would like she basically like carries this movie without speaking. They get one discussion, and mm-hmm. the rest is yeah. just her facial experience, uh, her facial expressions. Side note, I'm very excited for that Mary Poppins movie as well, because uh, the Alexander Hamilton guy is playing Bert, which yeah. I think should be uh, be pretty good. I think he's doing the music for it, too. Awesome. So I'm excited um, so, because Moana soundtrack was fantastic. Uh, so the other thing that I have to say is like the the other moment besides the the nail in the foot that really got me was when the daughter shut off her hearing aid when it was like literally just about to save John Krasinski. Yeah. Like I just was like, I was like, no, like, she, I was like, how does she not correlate what's happening? You know, like I, I felt like yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, I mean, like, there's a lot going on. I know, but here's the thing is that like, I felt I, that's my problem with the third act of this movie is that it felt like people shouldn't have been so stupid. Like the the daughter shouldn't have been so stupid. Like we talk about, I mean, a lot of people talk about how horror movies would never happen if people were smart. I feel like mm-hmm. to kind of bounce off your point, Brian, new age of modern horror is so fucking meta that it's self-referential. Like, yeah, it's been referential mm-hmm. since Scream or earlier, but like it's so painfully meta that a lot of stuff is like, kind of like elbowing the audience like hey hey we know we're in on it but with this i feel like these characters were so real except for that like she should have she knew her dad was one she knew that dad was working on these hearing aids two she knew she wasn't supposed to just fucking walk off to where her she she got her brother killed third like okay the first time that they run away and she like like okay the first time that 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 her hearing aid scares off the monster. She has no idea. No correlation. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Second time. I feel like I would have figured it out. Like, I don't mean to say I'm smart. I'm saying like, if you're in a a life or death situation, you would be like, huh, they don't like that sound. (laughs) And she would see that it was running. I mean, actually she turned it off the third time after she saw, after it was backing off. So like, yeah, she should – John Krasinski's death is completely pointless. I understand that the whole concept of the movie, the point that – like this movie is very subtle except for when he dies, which is yeah, you need to sacrifice yourself for your kids. Like I thought that she would, would notice when she turned it off that it stopped mm-hmm. like freaking out and then like realized like, oh shit, I need to turn this on just in time and then was like devastated. Yeah, when when that didn't happen, you know who I think is going to be overlooked, and is, I genuinely think is the best actor in the movie. And you guys may think I'm crazy. The son. I was so scared when he was scared. Like he, I, I felt like the entire time that was the realest character to me on just how terrified he was the whole movie. Oh, he's a great he actor. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. he could be in. You know, he could have been an it. He could be in Stranger Things. Yeah. He's in that new wave of like really talented child actors. Thank fuck, because we've been missing that really since we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's what I want to say one thing, and then I really have nothing else. Ex- I mean, I, I, I do really respect the movie. Um, but <clears throat> here's some insight into me and why this movie didn't hit for me. Um, I have anxiety. And to counteract the anxiety throughout my entire life, 
have been very ritual oriented. And so this movie felt very familiar where it's like, if you step here, if you follow these rituals that have been laid out to keep you safe, you will be safe. And so I'm like, you know what? All these people are doing shit. Well, all the kids are doing shit that goes against that one tenet of my life that has been like a steadfast thing since I was fucking 10, you know? And like, I, I, it just bugged the shit out of me because I don't feel like people would be like that. You know, like, do we, would we have a movie if, if they followed the rules like they were supposed to? I don't know. I, I feel like you could still have, like, an intense film where you still follow the rules. And yet the, mon- the monsters just felt kind of hollow in that they are that they're obviously just based on instinct. But, like, even an animal that's based on instinct in, in the real world will be creative because it's got nothing else to do. It's not like it has a job to go to. All it has to do is eat, kill, and fuck or whatever, you know? So, like, these monsters are not creative. They, like, they're super fast. They cannot be killed, apparently. And they're not creative. They just sit and wait for you to make sound. Like, that's just not a very... They 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 should be stalking around at all times so that they're in proximity of, you know... Uh, that would up the ante. It would up the stakes if it's like, yeah, you can follow the rules, but the rules don't always save you. Whereas they went the other way, where it's like, if you follow the rules, you're safe, but no one's following the fucking rules. That's the number one thing that bugged me about the movie. But it was a great film. So, for example, when I was a kid, right, and this is just kind of in defense of the little girl – when I was a kid, we went to the beach after hours and I uh, I got sucked in by a wave and literally traumatized me, right? I got sucked in by this wave, almost drowned. So I stayed far away from the water for a very long time. And then you get used to it and then you get like a little bit like ankle deep and then like you get like up to your kneecap and then like uh, now as an adult, I'll go swimming in the ocean. Granted, I have floaties and a lifeguard nearby but so i guess what i'm trying to say is like it's not like day 30 it's like day 417 and like for like i feel like for like an 11 or 12 year old girl like you kind of get so used to lifestyle you I, I just feel naturally the longer it is the more chances we as humans just start taking yeah i mean that's also the flip side is that we we've been in this world for 90 minutes they've been in it for two years yeah. and i feel like there's a the flip side of that is like once you establish certain rules, then it's like normal teenage rebellion kicks in where it's like, well, fuck your rules. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but it's not like no, it's not. It's the same reason why kids do really stupid, dangerous shit when they're in high Man, school is because they're kind of like, fuck yeah, the rules. I don't think it's that, though. This is them being impulsive and stupid. It's not them being rebellious. I, I think her leaving the house is her being rebellious? I think everything else is correct. That it is like her being more stupid, but like her saying like, I want to go, I want to learn. Like that is like 100%. Like she already feels like her dad doesn't love her and blames her for the death of the little brother. So then it's like, like, look, he's scared. He doesn't want to go. Like I'm braver. Like, let me go and learn. And he says, no. And then he says like, I need you to stay here with your mom. And she's just kind of like, well, fuck you. Like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want then and and goes and like is dealing with with feeling like she's the reason why her brother's dead because side note she is yeah. <laughs> no, no, like she gave him the toy without the the battery and then he yeah. kills himself because he's a stupid fuck yeah well and all but but what I also like is that every character 
what is really cool about this movie from an emotional standpoint, and it it's something that it took me like a day or so to piece together, but because they live in existence where they cannot talk to each other and they cannot discuss how they're feeling about everything, every single one of them is carrying their own guilt and blame for that right, kid's yeah. death. So like the sister blames herself for giving the toy. The dad blames himself for not running there quick enough. Emily Blunt blames herself for not carrying like him. having not open hands him, yeah. to carry him. And the little brother blames himself for like being too sick. You know what I mean? Like it's like all like, cause his brother was the reason why they went into town in the first place. Like it's like all of them carry this different level of guilt for what happened mm-hmm. to the little brother, but they are in a, in a place where they cannot talk about it. So they just carry their guilt by themselves at all times and it's how it affected each one of them and i think that that's where that's the biggest problem with the third act really is that the first two acts are this very touching like family drama tied into a sci-fi horror film and then the third act is just a horror film i actually thought she was going to kill the mom i thought that she was going to be responsible for the mom's death when um john krasinski said get get the rocket I genuinely thought like yeah. it was the toy that killed the son that he wanted to use to distract it because the scene before she cut the sound so she could turn it on. And I thought that's what was yeah. going to happen. I thought the kid was running to that rocket ship, turning it on with no sound. And then Emily Blunt was going to get killed. Mm, that's but it's, it's because the whole setup is just nothing sacred in these movies anymore. I, I thought the same yeah. thing, Brian. I literally, when he said, get the rocket, I was like, Oh yeah. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I mean, unless there's anything else, we've been going for almost an hour on this one. So I, I think if you've listened to it this far, you've seen the movie. Let us know if you liked the movie or didn't like the movie uh, from the Facebook page responses that we're seeing already from people who saw it Thursday night. It seems like you guys are enjoying it, which is awesome, because I, I think that it's like Brian said, we're in a really good renaissance period where it's great. I love going on the horror movie night page on like a Thursday or Friday and seeing like what people's opinions were of the new horror movie that came out that weekend. Um, I, I want to see that continue. And I like that we're at a point where there are some pretty damn good uh, horror flicks that are, that are coming out. There's also some ones that are like, not so great. I had a good conversation with Rudy telling me how much he liked stranger things too. And feels weird that everyone else hated it. But uh, you mean the like, strangers too? <laughs> pray at night or yes. Yeah, stra- yeah, yeah, strangers too. Pray at night. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I enjoyed Sorry. Strangers too. I, like for what it was, I enjoyed it. I feel like I'm gonna watch Strangers too. I have never seen the Strangers because I don't like home invasion flicks. They're too real. But Strangers Two is like, from what I heard on on uh, Shockwaves, it's more of like Christine. Yeah, Strangers. So Strangers Two, and I'll just say this real quick because we never really got to talk about it. Strangers Two is a great movie in every single way except for a Stranger sequel. <laughs> like yeah. it. It does not catch any of the like hyper realistic intense vibe that the original Strangers is really great at. I don't like a lot of home invasion movies, but I love the first Strangers movie because of how well done it is. Um, and then Strangers 2 is like fucking like Friday the 13th part four, like Jason X. Like it's just like, OK, now let's take these super realistic characters and make them totally undefeatable. Like yeah. just like goes so far that I was like laughing at a few points that definitely weren't supposed to be funny, but it was just like, Oh, that didn't kill him either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's definitely, if you're willing to just watch a really dumb eighties comedy, like eighties 
sequel where like you know you know the franchises we like like a prom night too or a yeah, summer party yeah. mask or two stuff like that that's why i'm interested in strangers yeah too. they just like completely go off the rails and they're just like all right let's just have fun this time like that's what it feels like and that's why i didn't hate it but the thing i didn't like it about it was that it was like not a stranger's sequel in my eyes yeah um i didn't mind it being a stranger sequel for the sheer fact that although it well, didn't have like the terrifying realism as the first one those masks are pretty good for like a campy slasher flick you know what i mean no, that's the reason probably- it was strangers was because the masks that they were wearing and they're really good for like a campy typical family murder movie whatever you want to call it oh yeah all right well we will be back in uh, just a couple days with another episode featuring Brian that we are very excited to put out. Uh, Katie, you're going to be on a couple episodes immediately after that, which we are also excited to put out. And of course, we're going to have you back in the future for another in theaters. Now, I think I think you've got like a permanent seat as our in theaters now guest. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I have to wait up so early to do this. Oh, sorry. You have to you do that. Go back twice. to sleep, snuggle your adorable dog, and it'll be all yeah, sorry. good. There's, well, you have to do this, what, three times a year? I think you can live. <laughs> it's not like we're doing these every month. True. <laughs> Listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 